0: You get guys out there grinding for nine innings and then you can come in and change the game within a couple minutes, right? So you have to be able to be mentally tough to be able to handle that and you have to be able to support each other uh, throughout those times.
1: Welcome to episode 163 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. It's been a meteoric rise up the coaching ranks for Calgary's Jim Henderson. A 26th round draft pick of the Montreal Expos back in 2003, the hard-throwing right-hander spent 15 years in professional baseball. In 2012, he became the first Dogs Academy product to make it into the major leagues and would go on to pitch in 155 games for the Milwaukee Brewers and New York Mets. The 6'5", 220-pound hurler finished out his playing career in 2018 with the double-A Biloxi Shuckers, where an injury allowed him to cut his teeth as a scout and then as a coach in the Pioneer League. He rose through the Brewers' system just as he did as a player, and just a few weeks ago was named the bullpen coach for the MLB squad. We had the opportunity to catch up with him recently to talk about his entire baseball journey, his roots back home, and what his family has meant to him. Jim, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joe. First off, congratulations on the promotion to bullpen coach with Milwaukee Brewers. Now that you've had some time to let that all sink in, what does it mean to you to get that position?
0: Um, it's, a, it's a position I kind of felt it would be kind of like my in uh, when I started coaching to uh, the big leagues. I, I thought I'd be good at it, honestly. Um, so it was, it was a little bit of confidence going into the, going into the job interviews and stuff with it. Um, but uh, you know, as a reliever, spending spending so much time in the bullpen, understanding what that unit kind of feels like and looks like out there as a group, um, you know, I, I felt comfortable in that space, and, and I'm really looking forward to working with those guys out there.
1: What is it that you're most looking forward to as you take on this new role?
0: Um, you know, you know, it's a leadership role in, in a sense. Um, you know, we had uh, Trevor Hoffman right before I got to the big leagues as a player who who really kind of Brought the group together out there. Um, I didn't get to play with him. I got to be around him in spring training as a minor leaguer, and then he kind of passed that torch on to Axford. And I mean, I may have had a little flicker of a flame for a second there, uh, and K Rod, and just that feeling of 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 your unit, your group, you're together. You have to battle this out together. I mean, games are won and lost. You know, a lot of times in the late late innings with the relievers, and uh, it's it's a it's a it's a beast, you know, of a, of a role because you have. You get guys out there grinding for nine innings, and then you can come in and, the ch- and you can change the game within a couple minutes, right? So you have to be able to be mentally tough to be able to handle that. And you have to be able to support each other uh, throughout those times.
1: You mentioned your own experience. What kind of coach do you want to be to those players? Because I know the coaching realm has, has really changed over the last couple of decades here.
0: Yeah. Um, like I said, first off, you just want to be a support to those guys, Um you know, if you just talk about the bullpen role specifically, you just want, you know, the game kind of takes care of itself as far as the adrenaline and the intensity when they when they leave that that door and head out to the field. Um, so it's it's your job just kind of like make sure they're calm and prepared and, and ready to go out there. Um and then otherwise um, you can help them along the way. Like the next day is probably where I'm gonna do most of my coaching, you know, throughout the day and, and kind of review the games from the night before and just kind of make sure that there's a plan put together each day for each guy
1: regardless of the personnel who happens to be in the bullpen on a day-to-day basis do you have expectations of the group regardless of who's in there uh do you have kinds of things that you want them to learn throughout the process day to day week to week month to month that kind of thing
0: yeah and uh you know if you if you look at the brewers bullpen over the course of of the last four or five years you've had unsung heroes in a sense um uh, brent Suter. Came out of nowhere, and Eric Yardley, uh, Devin Williams, who won the won the Rookie of the Year and, and Reliever of the Year in uh, in twenty twenty. Um, these guys, you know, they weren't quite on your radar when when season started. So uh, I can we continue to try to like come up with those guys. Um, Jake Cousins last year was a guy for the Brewers. Um, so. Um, our job, I guess, as coaches is we got to get these guys in here and try to squeeze as much talent out of them as possible in, in a short amount of time. So that's going to be the challenge, uh, again,
1: for this group. And obviously it probably helps you because you've seen a lot of these guys over the course of the last three, four, five years and being able to have that camaraderie and that that knowledge of what makes them tick and when they're on and when they're off and, and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I've had a, yeah, I've had a good opportunity. Like um, They invited the AAA staff to big league camps the last, last couple of years. I was able to... You know, work with them for that month and a half in big league camp, get to know them a little bit better, uh, get to know the guys, the players and the coaches and just kind of see how this all uh, works together as a unit. And, and uh, so it should be a smooth
1: transition. How challenging is the bullpen coaching role, given how, you know, you don't necessarily expect starters to go seven or eight or nine innings anymore. It's sort of you go through the the order a couple of times and then you're depending on those arms. How does that change your approach to coaching? Yeah, we're a little
0: busier out there, I think. <laughs> um I think I think with that sense, I think um, recovery is a huge part of this. Um with players being relievers being used more often. Um and there's there's gonna be that shuttle of a few guys up and down from AAA to refresh a bullpen. Um but a big part of this is, is just making sure we get through the season healthy. We we, we take care of ourselves during the day, whether there's so many recovery tools now with the trainers and, and the stuff in the weight room. So um you know it's staying on top of those things staying up to date and 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 with these trends and and making sure that we you know what get these guys rounded up and that we need to be ready every day so um so recovery is gonna be a big part
1: on a personal level as we talk about your coaching career to this point uh the quick rise is it taking you by surprise at all
0: uh a little bit i think i think it was probably mostly surprised when i when they asked me to go from like low a to AAA right away i, I was i just kind of walked in the complex when they're like hey you want to go to the like, place yeah sure so um yeah but i mean at the same time you know it helps it helps that i had just come out of playing and at those higher levels and i could you know i knew what it, i knew what it looked like and felt like and what how it was supposed to operate so um it was comfortable to move up there um and then hopefully, hopefully the same comfort going to big leagues.
1: Mm-hmm. I know that this is a new role, and you're just getting started. But at the same time, everybody's got those hopes and aspirations. Do you hope to expand upon this role? Do you hope to one day become a big league manager, for example, or have you thought about that? You know, five or ten year plan down the road.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm I think I'm taking it right now day by day. But I, I guess um, you know, early on in my coaching career, which is I know not too long, I, I didn't think about being a big league pitching coach. I think as I kind of gain confidence in the role, um, I think I could see myself someday. Um, right now, really look, I really respect and and value Chris Hook, the, the big league pitching coach right now. I'm really excited to work with him. So I'm going to soak it in, soak it in with him and, and see what I can learn. And, and then, you know, someday, someday.
1: What's been the most gratifying part for you over the last couple of years to get into this coaching realm and be able to uh, maybe impart some wisdom on some of these young pitchers?
0: Yeah, um, you know, so there's there's a difference like from going from such a low level to to the AAA level. I, I thought it was really, I enjoyed the low level. You taught, talk, I talked to the group every day. Like we had a meeting every day. I talked to them, uh, basically just about a game situation the night before, what life is like as a pro ball player, whatever it was. And their eyes are wide open. And they're they're soaking it in, and that was that was really enjoyable. um And then you get to go to AAA, and you get to um, sit in the office and watch somebody get called up for the first time and, and go back through those feelings so that was really you know satisfying and gratifying there so um so i mean there's so many things that you can pull out of coaching that just makes you feel good day to day you know when your guys do well and you can teach them about game or about life whatever it is yeah it's, it's special
1: Speaking of life and the game, let's go back to the very beginning here. For those who may not know the, the past of Jim Henderson and how he got into baseball, I mean, you're from Calgary. You're in a city that is in province that's known more for hockey and football. How is it that you got into the game of baseball?
0: Um, yeah, my, mom, my mom's a grand – her dad, my grandfather, uh, he, he loved softball, or I think softball, fast pitch back then. Um, so she had a passion for it and kind of got me into it at a young age. Uh, and it just kind of took off pretty quickly, honestly. Um, you know, and then and then being able to work through those little league, little leagues of Cal uh, West, little league, and uh, meet uh, Johnny Candia and all and his boys. And there was a talented group in Cal West during my uh, nine years to twelve year old days. So um, you know, obviously we we uh, joined forces and got together to create the dog. So. You know, things did fall into place as far as a Calgary boy and, and a Canadian boy with baseball life, uh, which uh,
1: i very fortunate that it did. Was there a moment or a time during that uh, part of your journey where you realized that it was more than just a game? It was more than fun. You might actually have a future in this sport.
0: Um, probably not. I mean, a little bit when I started, when I was making, I made the junior national team, um, you know, and, and colleges start calling and stuff like that. And um and then once colleges started, calling most of those guys and the dogs, who we were all kind of thinking about the next step. Pro ball, though, really didn't come on my radar probably until you get to college and you know you're, you know you have scouts showing up. Probably not to see you, probably to see your teammates. But you know they're they're around and you're you're interested in, in maybe what the next step is. Um, my goal at that time was just to outplay. Um, some of my dog's teammates stay in college as long as possible. I know that's, I know it's not possible, but I was mad when some guy got registered and they were going to do that extra year of uh, extra year of playing baseball, whether it was practice or games. I was, I was bummed. So uh, when i got drafted it was it was a fun opportunity to keep on keep on continuing my career in
1: baseball mm. you're known as one of the ogs for the Okotoks dogs you mentioned john arcandia uh, of course you, be- you know, that program became such a behemoth as the Okotoks dogs cuz you were with calgary originally any favorite memories from your time in helping create the blueprint for what it is now
0: yeah i mean we were a little bit of a grinders, right? We had no home. We I think, I think that was part of our identity, you know, as, as far as uh, just kind of finding a field around Calgary, um, putting together a little bit of a practice with the fathers. You know, we didn't have, we didn't have any expertise in a sense. And John might not like that, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, and then John brought, did bring in coaches and strength coaches and helped kind of grow it a bit. But um, uh, I think that kind of made our identity. And then we were like the young group that went to, out to Okanagan. We always played up. We were, 13, 14 years old, playing 16, 17-year-olds and having a lot of success over there. So I think we we kind of thrived on that as a group, and I thought that was the most exciting part. We had a chip on our shoulder each time we went and played a tournament back then, so it was, it was a lot of fun.
1: Looking back on it and now seeing what that program is now, how crazy is that to see the progression and see what that whole facility is and what that whole program has become?
0: Yeah, it's it's really it's really satisfying to know that, like, you know i don't know if, if if we didn't have the success we did as, as a group and, and move on to colleges that uh, you know be interesting to know what where this path would have went for the dogs but um they continue to see now i check their instagram i check their uh, their social media and, and you see guys getting signed every day it seems like they go to colleges so um they're, they're keeping it going which is awesome it's giving a lot of kids opportunities uh, that probably wouldn't have them have them and that's in that area of, of canada so um Pretty exciting to see it grow and continue to, to push these guys onto onto their secondary education.
1: The first time you and I chatted was actually for the Core 4 Plus 14 video series that we did with the dogs. And you were immortalized as one of the OGs there. What did it mean to you to get recognized in that way? And maybe as a bigger picture question, what does it mean to still have that connection with the program? Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's pretty special. So they, uh, they've honored me the hall of fame and all this stuff. And it's, uh, it means a lot. Um, you know, I always say that I owe them, you know, they don't, owe, they don't owe me or anything. I mean, I owe them for the, all these opportunities, uh, just kind of like I've mentioned that you just don't get as, as a, as a Canadian around there. So, um, it means a lot, it, you know, it's, it's nice that, uh, you know, I could make it as far as I did and, and these players that come by can look at the name or or, you know, know me if I come into town and, and uh and know that it's possible that, you know, I was sitting and standing in their shoes at some point that they could they could make it this far. So um, they actually, they have the tools, they have the facilities, they have everything they need. And then that's now I just got to get it done. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Now you go to college. You mentioned you get drafted by the Montreal Expos 26th round back in 2003. Take us back to that day when you find out you're picked and not just picked, but you're a Canadian kid getting picked by one of the, at the time, two Canadian teams.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, one of those days that you just, I mean, it's later, less us let's kind of, uh, you know, mid to late rounds there. <laughs> so, um, you know you're kind of waiting by your phone for a while and then it calls and then it was the Expos which I didn't expect at all I I I had most communication with the Braves at that point so um you know it was really exciting I mean you hear the Expos and the Canadian team you're like well this is this means something now Mm -hmm. you know it's it's they come out of nowhere and they take it and you get thrown into the um Gulf Coast League And, and I mean at that point they had such a strong history of Pedro, of Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson. I mean, I think we even like, they even had their pants and their old uniforms around that, we you know, they, they just threw on our rookies. You know, we just, their hand-downs, and we just took them and wore them, and we were like, this is this is really neat that we're actually kind of wearing the same clothes and uniforms that these Canadian greats, you know, you know, wore.
1: When you think back on it, 10 years in the minors, and then you get called up by the team that you're now coaching with, do you remember that first appearance on a big league bump?
0: Oh yeah, like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a special day. Um, yeah, I just, I just remember the feeling of it's a new, that's a brand new feeling. I remember the lights were bright. I remember that uh, I couldn't get any saliva, <laughs> and uh, and. You know, I just, I kind of just didn't really feel my body out there. You know, I was hoping that all my muscle memory and all the pitches I've made in those 10 years would take over at that point and, and it, it worked out.
1: <laughs> Very cool. All in all, a 15 year career. I think it was 155 big league games, all in all. Uh, any favorite memories or accomplishments that you, you had along the road?
0: Um, I actually think my, my, uh, when I made the Mets open day roster uh, and then took them out again, that was like the same kind of feeling as, uh, as making your debut, I thought that was a, a pretty good memory for me. Um, I had the shoulder, second shoulder surgery. I worked hard to get through it. I uh, the Brewers had let me go, which is understandable. I had lost my velocity, and I worked really worked really hard that off season and, and, and into spring training with the Mets, and and to get back on that mound um, was pretty special for me. And I, I, I remember that day, um, almost 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 the same as my debut, or maybe even more.
1: You also mentioned junior national team, but I know you've uh, represented Canada on the international stage a bunch of different times. What did those opportunities mean to you, especially being able to, I'll use the hockey term, but uh, wear the maple leaf across the chest?
0: Yeah, pretty great. Um, pretty great. We won uh, bronze in Italy in the World Cup in, uh, shoot, what do I say, oh, 09 maybe? Um, you'll, have to re- you'll have to check that for me. Mm. <laughs> <And> then, uh, <laughs> and then um the golden the gold in mexico in 11 which so like those like i think those are like some of these first medals that they'd won in a, in a while so uh, and to win the gold was pretty special um and anytime this group that group got together it was a family and and that's um i think that italy trip really was a really memorable It they wanted to like uh advertise the game across the country so we we took like a two hour but they had like a Stayed in a central location and we take a two hour bus trip one way and then come back after the game. And we so we spent a lot of time on the bus together, drinking wine and, and, uh, and eating good food after games and, and just kind of bonding and, and kind of uh, feeling that, that sense of family that the, the Canadian ball players have. Because I mean, we all have that sense because we, we're underdogs, Canada's mm-hmm. underdogs in baseball. So we, we kind of feel like we're, we got something to improve when we're together.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned family, and you also mentioned your mom a little bit earlier on, and I was lucky enough to, to meet her randomly at a baseball history walk in Calgary a few years back, and the thing that stuck out to me in meeting her was just how much of, she's obviously president of your fan club, but uh, beyond that is she she's just your biggest booster as well, and really talked you up as we were having this uh, great conversation, and I wanted to ask about her and what she's meant to you as you've gone along every step of your path in this baseball journey.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, another reason why I'm, I'm here, uh, in, in the baseball life, she, uh, like I said, if she had a passion for baseball with her dad playing, um, she'd, she'd be the one that, you know, got off work and, and, and drove me around and she was a single mom for a bit there. And so, so, um, you know, she gets off work drive. I think she was at the, we were in South Calgary. She was up, uh, North, North, uh, Calgary. She'd take Deerfoot down, pick me up. We'd, get get to the little league game or practice and 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 she'd make it happen for me uh and then and then again she would come around to some dogs trips if she could and and she'd drive herself sometimes at the okanagan or whatever it may be and, and uh, she really really was the number one fan brought her cowbell cowbell out and just uh and big supporter out there in the stands and, and always, always there when I need her when it comes to baseball. Mm-hmm.
1: And the story of your dad and his battle with ALS is, is fairly well known. Uh, as you've gone about your journey in baseball, how has he influenced you?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it is one of those things as a, as a young kid that you, you, you could struggle with or you could come, you know, overcome. Um, I always thought it had kind of happened past when, when the dogs started kicking off there. Um, So actually gave me an opportunity to just kind of take baseball um, as an outlet. And I, and I got to just go to the field and and kind of get away from it, clear your head a little bit. So, uh, you know, baseball gave me an opportunity to get over that, I think a bit. Um, And then when I made it to the big leagues and and as a player in Milwaukee, I worked with the ALS association in Milwaukee. So, um, you know, hoping maybe to get back into that once I get up there as a coach now.
1: Very cool. A couple more questions for you before we let you go here. You've seen it all from the grind of the minors to the big leagues, and uh, what kind of advice or wisdom would you offer to that 13 or 14 year old kid here in Alberta who might have the same dreams that you once had?
0: Um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I would say I would say to stay athletic. Um, you know, if, if it's if it want to get down to like a coaching, <laughs> take a take a coaching uh, route here. Is, mm. is stay athletic. Don't just don't just play baseball. I know it's, I know uh, things are being more specialized you know, with kids these days and playing hockey year round and baseball year round. I think, I think, you know, we were so good because, you know, we did everything. We dogs, players, we would play basketball after a game, after a practice, we'd go play basketball for a couple hours and, and play hockey in, in some of the off seasons. I, I think that um, the more that you can stay athletic and, and move around and, and and tell your body to do different things, I think the better off it'll be. Uh, you know, whatever sport you choose.
1: Final question for you here, Jim, and it's the one we ask everyone, what does the game of baseball mean to you?
0: Um, hmm, that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, was a, it was a passion uh, early on. It turns into a job, um, but it's still a game, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a game that you, you get to go to every day and you see something new. You know so it, there's always unexpected things there's there's a there's a grind to it baseball is a game that you play every day um and you have to be able to pick yourself up and love it you know to, to play it every day um but there's also stuff that you might be able to you know learn from each day you play it there's it, a lot of failures in it right a lot of failures you know especially on the hitting side but pitching side is the same way if you're expected to get the job done because it's so hard on hitters that um those failures might be even tougher to handle so it picks you up um, and humbles you sometimes and and uh, and lets you lets you know that you got to work hard for
1: everything you want in the game. Fantastic stuff. Well again, Jim, congratulations on the new role with the Brewers. Congratulations on all the success you've had to this point, continued success going forward. and thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jim Henderson for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, do us a huge favor and leave us a rating and review on your app of choice. Those actions help with our visibility on the apps, and in our books, the more listeners, the merrier. Before we go, we'd like to once again thank our Platinum supporters. The Okotoks Dogs just announced tickets for the upcoming 2022 WCBL season go on sale April 1st. For all the details, go to dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy is the brainchild of Taylor Burns and Absolute Human Performance. That program continues to build strength in the Edmonton region. For more on them, head to ahpbaseball.com. Until next time, thanks for all of your support. No matter the platform, be it social media, our website, or here on Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast.